today we're going we're gonna to walk through two questions. Guys, thanks for that feedback. We're going to walk through two questions. What's our role in evangelism? And then how do we practically share our faith? There is no way I'm going to touch on every one of your unique situations and opportunities, like a preschool opportunity. There's all kinds of uniqueness. Again, I would just encourage you, fire off specific questions in that QR code uh, area and let us talk about that in the panel discussion. Today's going to be like a, um, not like a shotgun approach, but more like a bird shot. You know what I'm talking about? It's a very broad strokes kind of idea of evangelism. So some things you might think, okay, that doesn't work in my workplace, but this would. Okay, so hopefully some things will be helpful. Let's begin by looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, that's where we'll just start this morning. And I, I think it's just helpful to give us some direction about where we need to be. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, hopefully help us think about our role in this process of evangelism and the thinking in terms of the workplace. I'm going to read starting in verse 16. Paul says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespass against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's a lot here we can unpack, but I'm just going to point out two quick themes. Theme number one is this, is that we have all been reconciled if we placed our faith in Christ. We've all been reconciled. We've been talking about the fact that we have been redeemed. There's a significant theme that's been kind of woven through this whole series on that. But you see here in verse 17, you can see in verse 18, 19, and 21, all these verses are talking about how you and I have been reconciled to God through Christ. Verse 21 again. This is the, the essence of what he's talking about when he says reconciliation. For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So this is what it took for reconciliation to take place. Okay, but here's the second theme. This is coming in verse 18 and 19 and 20, but 20 is kind of the, the heart of this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So we have, we have been given a message of reconciliation. You have been given, if you've been reconciled, a message of reconciliation. So here's, here's the point I want you to walk away with. We don't just receive reconciliation just for ourselves, but so that we can proclaim that message to others. Like he's not telling us there are some people who are reconciled and they never do anything with it. And there, was, there are those who have the message of reconciliation and they proclaim it. No, they're all pulled into one. If you and I have been reconciled through Christ, that means we have been given the responsibility now to proclaim that message as his ambassadors. And what's interesting is commentators will point out that typically ambassadors are moving from like lesser people, lesser leaders to greater ones. So lesser people are sending ambassadors to the kings. But in this case, the king, the one who has all authority, all power, is sending you and me as his ambassadors to his enemies, to those who've broken his law, those who have rejected him, 
so that we can proclaim this wonderful message of reconciliation. So this is our role and responsibility. Like if you've been redeemed, we have this wonderful privilege to be his ambassadors and proclaim that message. Now think about this. This means that those 90,000 hours that you're going to spend in the workplace, 90,000 hours, have a very strategic purpose in God's mind. This isn't the only purpose. We've talked about the purpose of work. Glorify God. But one of the purposes is to use you as an ambassador in that place. So here's the thing. Sometimes we want to think, it would be a lot better if Pastor Will just came to my office and just shared the gospel. Like, that would be great, right? But let me tell you, he did not send Pastor Will to your office. He did not put you there. God did not send him as an ambassador to your context with your people that he's placed in your life because of your job. He sent you. He sent you there for, I mean, 90,000 hours in the same job. That's pretty rare nowadays. But he sent you there for quite a bit of time to be his ambassador. So let's not take light on that. Like he, he desires for you, even in all of our weaknesses and all of our struggles, like we have a responsibility to be proclaiming this message of reconciliation. Now, as we think about this next question, how do we share our faith? Honestly, sometimes it's kind of, it's kind of a struggle. And we all come from different places in evangelism. And I want to share an illustration that maybe will help kind of paint a picture for us. Imagine that moment when you first experienced the pool, water. Maybe you were very young. They had those nice gradual pools where you kind of step in. Well, someone comes along to you and they says, you know what, right, let's start with a diving board. You've never swam, that's okay. You just jump right in. And some of you are that crazy. You were that kid. And your parents like, got lots of gray hair because of you. Okay? But you swam. The Lord protected you. You're here today. Thank the Lord. And that's a good thing. But for most of us, when we think of evangelism, we think instantly, okay, proclaiming the message of reconciliation. What I want to do today is encourage you that it's okay to take initial steps toward the diving board of proclaiming that message. Some of you need to take a step, talking about steps this morning, Pastor John. You need to take steps just to say, all right, I'm going to put my foot in the water this morning and work my way toward the diving board. I'm going, to, I'm going to go from ankle deep to waist deep and then up above my armpits, and I'm going to go to the point where I'm having to tread the water this morning. So my hope this morning is really to encourage you to move further in your pursuit of evangelism. Now, maybe you're doing backflips already off the diving board. Praise the Lord, okay? But I think generally speaking, for most of us, we're maybe kind of like in ankle, waist deep, we're just kind of enjoying the water, you know, kind of enjoying the sun. Don't want to get the rest of ourselves wet. We need to take further steps, don't we? So that's my encouragement for you this morning. My hope and my prayer is that you would take further steps in actually proclaiming the gospel. So here's some thoughts. How do we share our faith? First of all, we pray. This is that I'm putting my foot in the water step of evangelism. Paul talks about this in Colossians 4.3. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us, a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So Paul is praying for a door for the gospel, putting his foot in the water. Then again, Ephesians 6, 19. Paul is talking about prayer in verse 18. 19, he's continuing on. He says, and also for me be praying that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. This is a very simple and basic step you can be taking, no matter what your situation is, you can be praying. You can be praying for God to work. And here are some ideas. 
You can pray for your own heart. You can pray for boldness. You can pray for clarity. You can pray for your own heart as you think about those twin idols, idolatry and idleness, which honestly can be at war against our pursuit of sharing the gospel with others. We worship at work. We don't jeopardize anything. We're too lazy. We don't care about people enough. Like whatever ditch we struggle with, we're praying, God, would you work in my heart to have your burden for the people you placed around me? You can be praying for an unsaved person that God would open a door for conversation. Or if you're in a situation where you're like, I don't know any unsaved person, you can be praying that God would put an unsaved person into your life. God, I know I'm supposed to do this. I need to know who to share the gospel with. Would you please give me wisdom there? Maybe even consider this morning making a list of the people in your office who God is putting you in their life to share this message of reconciliation. Pray for them by name. Every week, pray for them by name and to see what the Lord does. And then share your burden and your needs with your Christian community. I think there's a danger we have with evangelism when we think this is just a solo, lone wolf kind of mentality. We do this on our own. Evangelism is something we do with our Christian community. So go to your community group. You're like, all right, here are, here are three people I'm praying for right now who need Christ in my workplace. Would you pray with me? All of a sudden, that gives you accountability. All of a sudden, that gives you more people seeking the Lord on their behalf, looking for doors of opportunity. So be praying. It's a very basic step. Here's number two. You need to know the gospel. I think this is where, where generally speaking, Christians can struggle is not being familiar enough with the gospel message. So they're afraid because they're afraid they're going to stumble over the words. What do I say when, I, when this kind of conversation comes up? I think one of the benefits of being here at Gospel Grace long enough is that you will have the, the familiarity with the gospel very clear in your life. It's proclaimed often. It's shared often here. And I love these four words that I know has been shared here before. They've been so helpful for me personally. When we think about the gospel, it's God, man, Jesus, response. So really quickly, what do we need to communicate to someone about who God is when we're sharing the gospel? What do you think? What do we communicate about who God is as we think about sharing the gospel? He's creator. What's that? Okay, God loves the world. He's the creator. We're accountable. Okay, he's, he's holy. We're accountable to him. Yeah, okay, good. I mean, those are like great basics. Okay, let's go to man. What do we need to know about man? Sinners by nature. We're sinners by nature. Good. Anything else? Okay, we're made in God's image. He loves us because of that aspect. Okay, created to be in a relationship with him. Good, what else? Can't save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves better. All right, let's go to the next word, Jesus. What do we need to know about him? He's God. Good. It's important here. He lived the perfect life we can never live and die the death that we deserve to die. Right? Good. What else would you say about Jesus? He's Savior and our Lord. Good. All right, now let's go to response. What do we need to think about as we share the gospel, as we think about our response to all of that we've just talked about? How do we respond? and belief. Okay, right there, the gospel message. In very simple, very clear terms. We're repenting from our sin. We're turning toward Christ in faith. Let me just encourage you. I don't know where you are at in this. Maybe you're one of those people who has this down really, really well. 
But the better you have this down, the easier it is for you to weave it into conversations at work. The more comfortable it is, the more easy it'll be to pull in aspects of who God is or man or, or what our problem is or who Jesus is and what he's done for us. So can I just encourage you, maybe take a moment this afternoon and see if you can share the gospel message in clarity in one minute. Can you do it in one minute? Can you proclaim the message? All right, so we need to know the gospel. Here's number three, we need to live the gospel. I think one of the dangers we can face, and I think and if you've been around Christianity long enough, you probably have seen this, where someone will proclaim to be a believer in the workplace, but their conduct is nothing different than the unsafe person there. You know what I'm talking about? Like that is incredibly dangerous because now there's a false understanding of who Christians are. Matthew chapter 5 has a lot to say about being salt and light, but I love verse 16 in particular. Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. There is a responsibility we have to proclaim the gospel even through our life. Now, I want to be careful here. When I say living the gospel, this isn't the same thing as evangelism. Sometimes there's this mindset and thinking that if I just, if I'm just living the gospel, that's enough. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. This is really important. But it's not actually sharing the gospel. The gospel requires words. There's a saying, and I, there's aspects of this saying that I like, and there's aspects I don't like. It says, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. I'm going to critique that a little bit. Because the reality is the gospel is words that you're proclaiming to somebody else. But the point is clear, isn't it? Our life needs to lend credibility to the message we're proclaiming. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. Your life needs to lend credibility to the message you're proclaiming. And if it's not, that's a place for us to evaluate. Consider this morning your ethics. How are you in the workplace when it comes to your ethics? When an opportunity comes with a, with a company decision or toward a customer to maybe do something unethical, what decisions are you making in those moments? There's a whole lesson we could do on that topic alone. What, what decisions are you making in that moment? Who, who are you working for in that moment? It matters. It matters. Like your conduct will lend credibility to the witness you want to proclaim. Do you love your coworkers? Now, I'm not just talking about the coworkers that you naturally gravitate toward because you like each other and you get along. Do you know that coworker that drives you crazy? Anybody have one? I don't actually have one because I don't have any coworkers. <laughs> Anybody? I can do it. Yeah, we have those. We're like, Lord, give me grace with this person. Do you love them? And maybe they're just kind of known in the workplace as the person that no one really gets along with. But you as a Christian, because Christ has loved you unconditionally, you love them unconditionally too. And that lends credibility to your witness. And then remember who you're working for. Remember back to, we talked about how Jesus is our new boss and we have these new freedoms, freedoms to have trust in him. We're not worried. We have freedom to have joy, freedom to serve. We have freedom to excel. Like there's a quality to our work. Maybe we're not the best, but we are giving everything we can at our work, aren't we? Because we're serving Christ. And that lends credibility to your witness. We rest. We're not worried and stressed every weekend. People see a difference in us because Christ is our boss. So, so think about this this week. Is my conduct at work lending credibility to the gospel message I want to proclaim? Am I living out the gospel message? Here's number four. Put your Christianity on the table. 
Now, up to this point, we've been getting our feet wet. And I imagine, you know how pools, like they have like the three-foot the three area. Then they have that little slope. You know, your toes can kind of feel where it starts to slope down. This is where I feel like we're kind of moving off to the point where you can touch the ground. And now you have to do a little doggy paddle or whatever you do. You have to keep yourself afloat a little bit more. You need to put your Christianity on the table. Here are some ideas. Tell your coworkers you are a Christian. Do your coworkers know that you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus? It's a lot easier when you're going to a new place, a new job, to put that out there on the table. But maybe you've been somewhere for 20 years. Can you still go and say, hey, did you, did you know I'm a Christian? And I know it can be kind of awkward. It can be praying for wisdom, asking people, how do, I, how do I tell people about this? But find a way to ensure that other people in your office know that you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus. Now, in our context, in this area, that gets tricky, doesn't it? With a lot of the other faiths in, in the city, it makes it hard sometimes. But don't shy away from that term. We are Christ followers. We're following the true Savior. Talk about church. You can ask a question. What did you do last weekend? And invariably, what did they ask you back? What did you do? Like, man, I had a great day listening to the message on sex at church. They're like, what? <laughs> okay, that'll like, get them listening, won't it? All right, this is a great weekend to ask that question. But here's, here's the thing. Sorry, if you didn't listen to the service yet, you'll get into it. Um, but here's the thing for us. Like, that gives us great opportunities to talk about church. Like, put yourself out there. Don't be afraid of what you believe. Communicate to them, okay, yeah, I, I go to church and I loved it. Okay, build relationships outside of work. This ties into when you're going to have opportunities to share the gospel. Don't just see them as people at the office, but think, how can I love this person even outside of the office? Can we go out for breakfast on Saturday morning? Can we invite them over for Thanksgiving? Can we invite them over for Christmas? Is there a way we can incorporate them into my life in other places? When you're talking about life, don't shy away from including God in your conversation. I find myself doing this sometimes. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, for example, maybe during the week they're asking the question, how are you doing? You know, it was a tough day. It was a tough day, but God is just showing himself so faithful. Like, do you, do you just allow yourself to talk about God freely, even though there may be a post to Christianity? Like, this is who we are. We love who our Savior is. We love our Father. So think about ways to practically incorporate God into a regular conversation. Now, in all of this, we need wisdom, don't we? I mean, I know that everyone's work situation is slightly different, so you might need to think through how you do that. But don't be afraid to include God in your conversation and your love for him and what he's done for you. Here's number five. Look for open doors. Paul was praying for that in Colossians. I love that Colossians 4 passage. He's praying for open doors, and open doors can come in all kinds of different ways. But as we're praying for it, we're looking for opportunities. Are they going through a hardship in their life? That is one of the most profoundly helpful ways to come into someone's life and love them and show them the love of Christ. I had a friend who, um, it was a neighbor of ours. My wife and I had had him over um, at different points and, and we had moved away and um, he knew he was a pastor. So by the way, being a pastor kind of gives you a little up, so I'm sorry. But he, here's what happened. He reached out later when he got stage four uh, pancreatic cancer. And he, he was desperate for help. And he reached out in these difficult times looking for the message of reconciliation. I was able to share it. I have no idea. I'm still at this point like, Lord, I so hope he trusted in you. But I do know this. He knew the gospel. Okay? But look for those opportunities and hardships. Here's another one. Be willing to let them help you. Oftentimes when we think about being evangelistic 
or Christians, we're only thinking in terms of us serving them. But at times, when we allow them to serve us, when we have a need, it affords us a chance to show who we are as Christians. So don't be afraid of that. Ask good questions. How can I pray for you? How many people have asked that question to somebody? Okay, and how many of you have been turned down? No, don't pray for me. Okay. I, I have once. <laughs> You've once. I had a really weird situation at Home Depot a couple years ago, and the guy's like, no, don't pray for me. I'm like, what do you mean? You're having a rough day. But here, here's the thing. Like, this is a great way to show people that you're a follower of Christ. What if the people in your work know you're the person to go to to ask for prayer? Because they know you'll pray for them because you love them. Like, that would be great. That's a very simple, easy question. Here's a harder one. Goes to what Jana was talking about. What do you believe? Like maybe there's an opportunity, you're sitting across from each other, eating your lunch. Hey, like what, tell me what you believe. Like what's your religious background? And just listen. Just listen to that conversation. Maybe, maybe it's not that point that you're going to share the gospel, but you're opening those doors for conversation. Do you go to church? Or maybe a current event is happening. You're asking the question, what do you think about all this going on in our world? Where do we find hope? When it seems like everyone's going to blow each other up. Like, how do, you, how do you deal with this? Like, you can take current events in your conversation and use those as open doors. Here's another one, maybe a little more bold. Would you be open to reading the Gospel of Mark with me? The Gospel of Mark is a great go-to for evangelistic conversation. It's short, packs a punch with the message of the Gospel. Maybe you have a good relationship with your fellow coworker. Like, hey, you know what? On Saturdays, I was wondering, would you be willing to come have coffee? And we can read through the Gospel of Mark together. Invite them to the church or your Christian community, community group. Guys, we have, we have a great encouragement here at Gospel Grace. We have the comfort of knowing that at Gospel Grace, they will see Christian love shown in the auditorium and in this room. They will see it. And so if you invite a coworker who's never known that and they come here and they see these people love each other, it is a phenomenal witness. They also will hear a clear message of the gospel preached week in, week out. So invite your coworkers to come. Be thinking about other strategic ways to open that door. Okay, here's number six. Share the gospel with them. This is actual evangelism, where we're proclaiming a message. So Mac Stiles, he wrote a book. I was going to show you these. He wrote a book called Evangelism. This is really good. He's talking about the role of the church and and community in sharing the gospel. I think it's really helpful. But he talks about this, and he says, this is evangelism, teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. We yearn to see people reconciled to God. It's not just information, but we desire that they believe it because this is good news. Another good book, by the way, if you've not read it, The Art of Neighboring. It's really helpful, okay? So I wanted to show you that one too, Art of Neighboring. You can see those later. Those are helpful just thinking about even your neighbors. Okay, so as we think about sharing the gospel, I just got a couple points. We've already talked about what the gospel is. You know the message, you know in and out, you've been praying, other people are praying with you. Share it unapologetically. Don't apologize for the message of the gospel when you share it. It is the hope of life. Sometimes I've noticed in my own communication about the gospel, I want to be like, ooh, eternity and hell separated from God. Like, I want to soften that. But no, this is the message they need to hear. Like, you're a sinner, you're broken. You need a savior to come into your life. So don't don't share it unapologetically. Share it unapologetically. Don't share it with apology. Share it in a timely way. Think about this. We want to be excellent workers, 
not the person who's known in the office to never do their job but share the gospel with everybody. Okay, I want to be very clear about that. There is a responsibility we have to do our job well to honor our boss. And then think about when is the right time for me to share the gospel with this person. And you know the place and time. Maybe it's lunch. Maybe it's while you're waiting for parts to come down the line. Whatever it is, you, you know those gaps in time when you know you can share it without really jeopardizing your witness as a Christian employee. Okay? So think about sharing the gospel timely. Share the gospel clearly. Don't downplay or overplay certain aspects of the gospel. Make sure you communicate very effectively. And I think those four terms, God, man, Jesus, response, they really help us think about the different aspects we need to communicate in that message. We don't want them to think, okay, accept Jesus in your life and everything will be better. Is it better? Yes, it is definitely better. Will your life on earth be better? Not necessarily. We're not just trying to tell them this is just going to be something to add to your life and all of a sudden all your problems will go away. You might have new problems, but Jesus is worth it, okay? So don't, don't be afraid to share those things. Share it confidently. Share it confidently even if you stumble over your words and you're like, oh, I don't even, what was that thing about man? I don't even remember, but anyways, you're broken, okay? Like you may, you may mess it up, but remember who placed you there. The same God who loves you and knows all of your weaknesses. He put you as the one to share the message of reconciliation with that person. And God is able to use broken people to communicate that message. We don't have to be afraid of that. Remember, he sent you. Share it winsomely. I've had friends who will, be in, will tell me about their experience with sharing the gospel at the workplace. And the struggles I have are, one, they're sharing it while they should be working. And two, they're arguing with their friend more than actually sharing the gospel. We don't want to be known as a person who just tries to argue everyone into heaven. That's not going to work. Winning an argument is not going to win them to Christ. At times it might be necessary. We get that. But think about how to share it winsomely. Like the, the message of the gospel is offensive all its own. Let's not add offense to that message. Okay? So think about how to share it winsomely. And then share it knowing that some plant and others water. I mean, this gives us hope, doesn't it? Like you just might be the person who just plants the seed. And then you sit back, all right, Lord, you're going to do the work. And then God places someone else down the road, like, you know, our 75,000. God places someone else down the road in their work life and they water the seed, and they see the fruit of the seed that you planted. Okay, so be okay with that. Like, trust God, knowing that some plant, others water. 